0: The indictment, in my view, is a failed experiment in government abuse. This is abuse from the Department of Justice towards President Trump that is different than whether or not we think, you think, I think, separately, individually, together, that Trump was wrong for things that took place leading up to January six, two 2021, wrong the way he handled losing the election, wrong for the way he questioned the election r- results, not necessarily questioning them in general, wrong for the uh, way he handled things that happened on that day. That stuff you can think, and we can agree and disagree, and that's fine. Calling it criminal is a whole different conversation now, isn't it? calling it criminal, being able to meet that threshold, well, that's a whole different thing than, let's say, impeachment. My argument has been, time and again, uh, that this indictment looks like trying to get a redo on impeachment. We couldn't get them this way, so we'll try and get them that way. But that's not what our justice system is for. So it doesn't matter whether you like Trump. With all due respect, I don't actually care. What I care about is that we have a rule of law that gets followed, And it doesn't seem to me, or many people who are laymen, that the indictment from the special counsel, Jack Smith, these four counts regarding January 6th, are about the rule of law. It seems more about the rule of emotion. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, find everything at TonyKatz.com. Let me bring in William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. Now, you... You've been doing a lot on this subject, and when this first broke, I reached out to you. You were traveling. I didn't get a chance uh, to talk to you, and it killed me, William. It just killed me. Uh, but you were on a on a uh, a show yesterday where you asked the question, what is the crime? Now, you're a Cornell law professor. Uh, you run LegalInsurrection.com. The law is is a large part of your life and engaged in it. I have people like William Barr, the former attorney general, saying this, sir.
1: Which is what Trump's attorneys are saying. And they're also saying that he was just exercising his First Amendment right here. Do you think that's a valid argument in your view?
0: No, I really don't think that's a valid argument. Because, You know, as the indictment says, you know, he he they're, they're not attacking his First Amendment right. Uh, he can say whatever he wants. He can even lie. He can even tell people that... Uh, that uh, the the election was was stolen when he when he knew better, but uh, that does not protect you from entering into a conspiracy. All conspiracies involve speech, and all fraud involves speech. So uh, you know, you, free speech doesn't give you the right to engage in a fraudulent conspiracy. So if if I listen to the attorney general there, the former attorney general. He's kind of declaring this as it was a conspiracy. So he's saying, therefore,
1: there is a crime. What say you, sir? Well, it has to be a conspiracy to commit a crime. I mean, people conspire all the time to do lawful things. They get together, they organize, uh, they you know have rallies. They do other things. So merely. Conspiring with other people is not a crime, has to be a conspiracy to do a crime, to commit a crime. And that's what I'm wondering is what is the crime here? Is the crime here contesting the election? That's not a crime. Is the crime here uh, doing what politicians do all the time? Uh, lying about the facts of what happened leading up to an election, just like the Democrats still claim that the 2016 election was stolen because of Russian interference. There's no evidence for that. Uh, That's not a crime. Uh, Was the crime trying to convince Mike Pence to do something that most people, and certainly I wrote long before January 6th, he had no right to do, which is to refuse to count the votes, But there is an argument there. So he's trying to convince an elected official to do something that's, you know, is that a crime? I'm not really sure if there was a conspiracy, what they were conspiring to do was a crime. It might have been wrong. It might have been something that goes against our norms. It might be something we object to. But that doesn't make it a crime, and and,
0: so- and and it's it's weird to be able to to have to have a conversation about there being a difference in those things, and and really uh, the the difference between the political world of impeachment and the legal world uh, that we're in with this indictment from uh, Jack Smith, the special counsel. But something you said on the show, and I had brought that up talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor of LegalInsurrection.com, dot uh, that. You made, a, 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 I think, a fascinating observation that if the crime is in and of itself the riot and Donald Trump wasn't in the riot, again, you ask this this unique question of what is the crime? The, the people on the political left will tell you that he instigated it, incited the insurrection, but that's not a part of the complaint from Jack Smith.
1: That's right. I mean, the, the riot is mentioned actually fairly towards the end of the 45 page indictment. It's not the focus of the indictment. Focus of the indictment are the interactions with people about selecting alternative or substitute slates of electors that they would then present to Congress. Uh, and, and so if the, the actual disruption of the congressional electoral count was the riot, And if the federal government had evidence that Donald Trump incited the riot as a legal matter, he incited the riot, then they should have charged him with that. And then you would at least have a factual connection to the disruption of, of Congress. But as we all know, no matter what Donald Trump had done prior to whatever that time was on January 6th, Congress was ready to vote and ready to count the electors. Nothing had been interfered with. The act that interfered with the counting was the riot, and that is the act they don't charge Donald Trump with inciting. And that's my whole problem with this complaint.
0: Now, it's it's one of uh, Donald Trump's lawyers, and you'll forgive me, her name has completely left my mind. Completely. Uh, she uh, made a statement, uh, I think this was either yesterday or, or this morning...
1: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Uh, listen. Devin Archer goes to testify in front of the house. That was only after they failed to put him in jail prior to the bath. What happens the next day? the January 6th indictment that we're here for today. This is not a coincidence. This is
0: election interference at its finest against the leading candidate right now for president for either party. Uh, sometimes coincidence uh, isn't anything but coincidence. You know, to, to paraphrase Freud, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Uh, so <laughs> is, it, is it your take... Uh, That it is a coincidence, or could there be an argument made that the DOJ has a history of uh, putting forward the indictment when it is politically advantageous?
1: Well, I, I think it's all of the above. You know, we are on a relatively tight timeline. You could make the argument that what DOJ was doing in District of Columbia was trying to beat Georgia to the punch. Now, prosecutors shouldn't be doing that. But that might have motivated the timing as much as anything. It might be that they had this master plan or it might just be coincidence. I don't know. I don't think it, at least in the Devin Archer case, I don't think they were motivated by taking the media spotlight off of him and the, the lawyer you just played the tape. They were not trying to arrest him prior to his testimony. That's that just factually not true. So uh, oh, know, on, on the, Devin Archer, there was no... Devin Archer. They, they, that, that, they, that didn't that's take place. That's a, that's a misconception in the media? Not just the... Well, you know, in the circles that we both run in media, yes, uh, on the Saturday before he was to testify... The, because his appeals had been exhausted on the twenty fifth of July, the prosecution wrote to the judge and said, "Now that his appeals are exhausted, three days ago, um, please, you know, schedule at your convenience a date, you know, for his surrender." It okay. was never arrest him before he testifies on Monday. Well, it's, that's it's that's not, important.
0: It's important and I think to it's know really be important the that
1: we be accurate. Okay, a hundred percent. You know, and the and the politics aside, you know. Uh, but I don't know if the rollout of this indictment the day after he testified was a political strategy. My feeling is probably not. Uh, you know, people had been speculating for multiple days that the DC indictment's gonna drop any day. Uh, and so my sense is it's probably coincidence, but I understand why people are suspicious because yeah. DOJ has politicized everything in the in the era of Trump dating back to the then director of the FBI, Comey, trying to set the new president up his first or second day in office by going to visit him unannounced to the, the legal staff. Let me- so the FBI and the DOJ have very unclean hands I understand why people are suspicious. And that part is true enough. Talking
0: to William Jacobson, Cornell law professor, the mind behind legalinsurrection.com. And it's important, that conversation about Devin Archer, because yes, we even have to keep, quote unquote, our side uh, honest. And when we're misrepresenting something, or you know, we don't have the story straight and accidentally misrepresenting something, we need to correct that. So I appreciate you doing that. Now take me through uh, just uh, a comparison of indictments. The indictment regarding January 6th, these four counts, versus the indictment on the classified documents uh, from Mar-a-Lago, these are both uh, two sides of the same coin, as in there's no crime there? Or does one of these have any level of legs, in your opinion?
1: Well, I've argued since last March, after the Bragg indictment, the Manhattan indictment, which I think is a completely frivolous indictment, is legally frivolous, Uh, and really is shameful, that the real threat to Trump legally was the Florida case, was the documents case, because there were no stretches of legal theories there. I know some people defending Trump argue he had the right to take anything with him that he wanted, and the moment he took it with him, it was immediately declassified. I think that's very shaky legally. A judge will determine it, and maybe an appeals court will determine it, but I don't think... If it's true that he took the attack plans to uh, the U.S. attack plans for Iran with him, uh, there's no, no law under which, no legal theory under which he had the right to take that. That wasn't a presidential record. It was an agency record. He didn't have the chance to take our nuclear codes with him if he did that. I'm not saying he did. So the notion that he could take anything he wanted with him, and he, I, I just don't buy it. So the Florida case is not on shaky legal ground. Now, maybe some of it is a stretch. Uh, I think they're going to have to prove the obstruction of justice. You're going to have to prove that if boxes were moved, that Trump was the one who instructed it and that he did it for the purpose of preventing the lawyers from reviewing them. So you'd have to prove that he knew in those boxes were documents the government wanted. So there's levels of proof there that. But in concept, it's a fairly understandable case that he had records they were under subpoena he didn't turn them back that that violated multiple whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you statutes was also obstruction of Of justice, and I do think. Look, I'm no friend of the DOJ here, but I think people need to know he has not been indicted in Florida for any record he took with him and gave back when they subpoenaed them. It's Uh, only the records he didn't give back. Yeah, I am. uh, Florida to me is a very different case. DC, I think these are shaky legal grounds. I think you know the concept of you know deprivation of voter rights and that this was a fraud on the government. I think those are extremely shaky legally. And in terms of the uh, obstruction of Congress, I've already said why they haven't pleaded that he did the actual obstruction, which was the riot. Uh, I I am one of the people
0: who believes that uh, if the president... Declassifies, he declassifies. If if he takes it, he takes it, and there's no procedure other than the doing. But I I was happy to hear you say, and and certainly I will defer to you on on the legal side, of course. But I was very happy to hear you say a judge will decide because that is exactly what's going to happen. I assume that's going to be a Supreme Court decision, sir. But I want to bring you back to this case where President Trump was just indicted. Those four counts. President Trump has uh, said that, and he put this out on Truth Social, that he wants the Supreme Court to intercede, uh, saying that this is election interference what's going on and there has to be an end put to it. I I ask you, sir, while I've got about 60 seconds with you, the Supreme Court can jump in on a case that hasn't even been heard yet?
1: no i mean there would have to be some legal mechanism to get it in front of the supreme court i don't i think they would he would have to ask the judges in each case and he did in florida and got turned down the judges in his case to delay this until after the election once that's denied now normally you can't appeal that normally you can't go to an appeals court or the supreme court and nitpick the trial timing or nitpick the evidence so this would be extraordinary but this is an extraordinary case would an appeals court and would the Supreme Court decide to get involved in what they normally would not get involved in? Uh, normally you have to have a judgment, you have to have an appealable order. Scheduling orders are not appealable normally, but you know, I think once he has asked all the judges to delay these things until after the election and they turn him down, he would then have to petition an appeals court and then the Supreme Court. I doubt they would get involved. I, I think that's a real long shot but this is extraordinary that a presidential candidate the likely nominee of a party in a presidential year election year is under these assault from multiple angles for events that took place long ago you know manhattan took place seven years ago you know uh, dc took place in 2020 in the very beginning of 2021 why now so i don't think the supreme court would get involved or an appeals court But, you know, they may this may be the exception that proves the rule.
0: Well, they didn't hear in the Supreme Court some of the cases regarding uh, the election like I believe they should have. So I will be surprised if they just jump in uh, here. William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, LegalInsurrection.com. Always appreciate having you. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz.